What is up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm Guy Carenza, and hey, I'm just a guy talking sports. And today we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs, the wild card preview, and just my overall predictions of how the playoffs are going to shake out. As of the time I'm recording this, it is January 13th, Friday the 13th. Uh, ooh, that's a little spooky. I didn't realize that until now. But yes, it is Friday the 13th, and this is my first podcast episode, so there's going to be a little bit of trial and error with this, but uh, hopefully we can work out a few of the kinks and, and get the ball rolling on this thing. Uh, this is something that I've been looking forward to for a while now. I'm really happy to finally be putting this into fruition, and uh, there's a lot of people I'd like to thank before we get into the meat of this podcast, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at gcarenza27, that's G-C-H-I-A-R-E-N-Z-A, 27 no caps no spaces and you can also follow me on instagram at guy talk sports where i post, post a lot of discussion based things and a lot of graphics uh, you may not have known about sports so i'd like to show a different side of sports a lot of statistical things but also a lot of discussion things and i'd like to voice my own opinion over there and i also like to see what a, uh, everybody else's stance and opinion is on things and so a lot of good stuff going on over there but yeah i've uh, just really started on twitter i've never really been active on twitter so that's a bit of an experiment for me but um, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. But uh, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of special thanks that I want to give out uh, before we really get into the, the main topic here, which is the NFL playoffs. I want to give out a special thanks to my good friend and mentor, uh, Tyson Whiting. Uh, his Twitter handle is at TysonOnSports. Uh, I'd, you know, thank you for really taking me under your wing and teaching me all the ropes and showing me uh, what being a broadcaster is all about. I really appreciate uh everything you've done for me and uh, a lot of a lot of people on Instagram that were really kind to me when I first started out so I'd also like to thank them as well uh, the fellas over at the puck wave uh, that's at the puck wave no no caps no underscores or anything like that uh, just at the puck wave on Instagram uh, go check out their podcast it's really good um, but yeah really kind to me once I started uh, shark central on Instagram that's at sharks s h a-R-K-S-S dot central uh, on Instagram. Really awesome guy. Again, really kind to me when I first started on Instagram. Really kind of showed me the ropes. And uh, I'm really appreciative of that. Um, Daily Dose Hockey, another one that was super kind to me. And had a lot of really good hockey conversations. That That's at Daily Dose Hockey. Uh, no spaces or underscores on Instagram. Really awesome guy. Uh, Habs Beta on instagram we collabed during the world juniors had a really awesome time with that i'm upset that uh, the americans didn't win the the gold medal as i am from america and he's a canadian and he i bet he's pretty happy that the canadians took home gold but that's at habs beta official no underscores no spaces on instagram and uh did the coyotes lose awesome guy again uh had some great conversations with him really nice guy uh, really, really funny. Honestly, go go check out his Instagram account. That's at Did the Coyotes Lose with an underscore in between each word. Um, really cool guy. Really awesome guy. Again, really kind of me when I first started on Instagram. I was able to do a few collabs with him. But even if you're not a Coyotes fan and you're just a fan of hockey, go check that guy out because uh, really his stuff is great. And as well as knocking sports news. I hope I'm saying that right. Never actually heard your name uh, said out loud. So. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, it's at N-O-K-K-E-N Sports News on Instagram. So thank you to everyone. And there's many more who haven't been mentioned. Uh, there's really, it's a long list. It's a long list. But those are just the people that uh, have really 
made a significant in impact on me so far, and I'm really appreciative for everything that they've done for me. So my Instagram was formerly known as uh, Pulse Sports Talk. I've now changed that to Guy Talk Sports just to be more personable and kind of just be more down to earth and really be and, and really make myself the brand instead of hiding behind a brand or not really hiding, but just being behind a brand. Um, as I try and make a name for myself here as I continue my career, I thought it was in my best interest to really become the brand instead of create a brand. So that's where that decision comes from. But all that aside, we've got a lot to get into here. So let's talk about the NFL playoffs. And so the seating set. Right, Everything is all set and clear. We know our playoff teams, and we know where they stand. So in the AFC, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, who end up being the first seed after uh, everything the DeMar Hamlin incident shook out. And honestly, uh, just to throw this out here, I'm really happy that DeMar Hamlin uh, has made uh, a recovery, and it seems like he's going to be all right. I think that was the best-case scenario, and I'm really happy. And it's really good to see that DeMar is doing well. But yeah, Kansas City takes the first seed, Buffalo takes the second seed, uh, Cincinnati in three, Jacksonville in four, those are your division winners, uh, and then in the wild cards you have the Chargers at five, Baltimore at six, and the Dolphins at seven. In the NFC, you have Philadelphia at number one, San Francisco at number two, Minnesota in the third spot, and Tampa Bay in number four, rounding out your division winners in the NFC, and then in the wild card you have the Dallas Cowboys at fifth, and the New York Giants in the sixth, and the Seattle Seahawks, surprisingly, taking that seventh seed, uh, but they're there, and they can make an impact. So the Philadelphia Eagles, according to the statistics that were put out there, have a 28% chance to win the whole thing, to win the Super Bowl, and that's the highest out of anybody. Uh, in the AFC, Kansas City holds the highest percentage at 27%, and the third highest total goes to Buffalo, who's at 16%. Let's start out with each matchup, and I think it's best we just start in the AFC and then work our way to the NFC. We're going to start with the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. So this game's going to be in Buffalo. Buffalo's the two seed, Miami's the seventh seed. Uh, they're giving Buffalo an 82% chance to win in Miami, an 18% chance to win. Uh, they split the season series one-to-one, -one, but I think the most important storyline coming out of this one is there's no Tua. Tua Tagovailoa will not play for the Miami Dolphins, nor will Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be Skylar Thompson, the rookie who's only played a few games this year. He's going to be thrust into a playoff game against one of the most dangerous teams in the AFC. I would argue the most dangerous team in the AFC. And to go into Buffalo in that environment, that's going to be tough for, for anybody, really. But it's going to be really tough for Skylar Thompson. So Tua is still in the concussion protocol. Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach, announced that he will not play. So he's out, and he's going up against the Buffalo Bills, who have a good defense. Their offense is fantastic, the second-best offense in the league uh, in yards per game. Yeah, they're averaging uh, 397 yards per game. That's just, that's just incredible. And the Dolphins' offense couldn't do much against the Jets. And I think that's the big takeaway for me after seeing the last game where the Dolphins and the Jets had like a field goal battle or whatever, and the Dolphins ended up winning and they made the playoffs. It's cool that the Dolphins made the playoffs, really cool, but I just I don't really like their chances against a powerhouse like Buffalo with a rookie quarterback on the road. It's going to be tough, and so I don't think they're going to be able to pull that off. They might put up a pretty good fight, but uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. Buffalo wins that game, I think. So to move on into the 3-6 versus six matchup in the AFC, you've got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, and this game's going to be in Cincinnati. 
Odds say that Cincinnati has a 75% chance to win. Baltimore has a 25% chance to win. Uh, they met in Week 5. Baltimore won that one 19-17 off of a field goal, I think, to, at the end of that game to win that game. And then in Week 18, most recently, just a week ago, Cincinnati wins 27-16. But the key there is there's no Lamar Jackson in that game. And there will be no Lamar Jackson for Baltimore in this game and possibly no Tyler Huntley. And so Lamar Jackson came out and he tweeted uh, about his injury, and this is what he had to say. He said, Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of being a strain 3. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we have a chance. And he adds two purple heart emojis. So the Ravens are going to be without Lamar Jackson. I think it's safe to say that they're a different team when they don't have Lamar Jackson. And that's no disrespect to Tyler Huntley or, or Anthony Brown or whoever's back there. It's just Lamar Jackson is a former MVP winner. And this team's offense is really built around the play style of Lamar Jackson. And so when you don't have him back there, uh, they struggle. And so the fact that you're not going to have Lamar Jackson, maybe no Tyler Huntley, um, I think that's tough. And it, we could see a replay of what we saw last week where Baltimore goes into Cincinnati and they try. They try the hardest, but Cincinnati just is just flat out better. I think when you think about this game, I think you think about Cincinnati being on an eight-game heater. They've won eight in a row, and they're heating up at the right time. The Bengals are playing really good football right now. Their offense is great. Their defense is coming together. And I think this game is going to come down to can the Baltimore defense limit the Cincinnati offense to the point where whoever's playing quarterback back there for the Ravens can give them a chance to win. I think that's what it's going to come down to. And I don't know if the Ravens are going to be up for the task. I don't know if they have it. I think they're going to put up a good fight. It's going to be different because it's a divisional matchup in the playoffs. And those are always different. But I think it's just going to come down to that defensive battle. And if Baltimore can stop Cincinnati, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think Cincinnati's just playing too good right now. So my pick to win is the Cincinnati Bengals. Now to move on to the 4 versus 5 matchup in the AFC. The final matchup we're going to talk about in the AFC. We've got the LA Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chargers being the fifth seed, Jaguars being the fourth seed. So Jaguars beat the Titans, and they win the AFC South, and so they're division winners, and they get to host a playoff game. And in come the L.A. Chargers, who are a little banged up right now. Mike Williams will not play. He's got a back injury, and his season's likely over, no matter how far the Chargers go. And Joey Bosa is questionable. And so for the Chargers, you're banged up. And they were banged up the last time that they played the Jaguars. And the Jaguars played them week three in SoFi Stadium, and they beat them. Pretty good, 38-10. to 10. And so while the odds are saying that Jacksonville has a 55% chance to win and the Chargers have a 45% chance to win, I think it's going to be a pretty close game. You can almost say it's 50-50, really, if you think about it. Just throw up a coin, and that's who it's going to be. It's Herbert versus Lawrence in, their, in both of their playoff debuts. And so I think, I think they're going to struggle a little bit because playoffs are different. It's a different atmosphere. And I think they're both going to struggle. I think the Chargers being a little bit banged up is going to hurt them, but I don't think it's going to hurt them as much as people think it is. I think the Chargers are the more complete team, and while Jacksonville has home field advantage, I think these teams are they're very similar, and they're similar in the passing offenses. Jacksonville has a little bit of a better edge in the rushing game, 
by about 35 yards per game on average. I think this is going to come down to defense. I think both of these quarterbacks are going to struggle in their first playoff game. I think it's going to come down to the defense. And I think I like the Chargers' defense better than the Jaguars' defense. And I think that there's a better chance of guys stepping up on the Chargers' end than the Jaguars' end. Give me the Chargers. Give me the Chargers. I think this is going to be a close one. I really think it's going to be close. This might be the closest game out of all of them. But I think I'm going to pick the L.A. Chargers to win this game. But it's close. It's very, very close. So to move us on into the NFC, we have the San Francisco 49ers, the two seed, versus the Seattle Seahawks, the number seven seed. And I think, just to point this out here, I think you can make a case that Geno Smith should get some MVP votes. I don't think he'll win. I don't think he'll win MVP, but he definitely deserves at least a few votes because he had a fantastic season. I mean, nobody, nobody, aside from maybe a few Seahawk fans, and I saw a few Seahawk fans doing this. I, I they, they, Nobody had the Seahawks making the playoffs this year. I had them as like a three-win team, honestly. I didn't think they were going to be that good. I didn't, I didn't even think they would start Geno Smith. I thought Drew Locke was going to start. And so in, in the offseason, I saw a bunch of Seahawks fans Posting that they were going to go like 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Really? The Seahawks? But but now I think I've, I've learned. Fans of teams know their team best. And, some of, and, and most of them are biased, right? Most fans are biased. Any fan is. But there's a lot of things you can learn from fans of certain teams because that's the team that they watch in and out. And so I think next time when I make my predictions, I'm going to look and see what teams are saying about their own teams. Because the Seahawks... They exceeded expectations for me, but I saw a lot of Seahawk fans coming out and saying, "Yeah, we're going to be nine and eight. We're going to be eight and nine. Like we're going to be around the five hundred mark." And they were Seahawks were they were they were pretty good this year. So and they made the playoffs. So I think there's a lot to be said about that. But anyway, back into the matchup. San Francisco has a seventy-eight percent chance to win. Seattle has a twenty-two percent chance to win. And that's just the overall odds that people are giving this game. But I mean, let's look at let's look at the breakdown. Week 2, they meet at Levi's Stadium, and San Francisco wins that 27-7. Week 15, they meet at Lumen Stadium, or Lumen Field in Seattle, Seahawks Stadium, and they win, and this and the 49ers win 21-13, to and that's with Brock Purdy. I think there's a lot to be said about Brock Purdy. You can say that it's going to be the system that's benefiting him. You can, you can say that it's the weapons that he's benefiting from. You can say all that. You could say it's Kyle Shanahan. You could say it's the defense. I think the guy walked into the team at the right time. He's got all the tools to succeed. It's going to come down to Brock Purdy. Can he perform in the playoffs? Can you perform at a high level when you need it most? And he's shown that he can already, so uh, I, there's no reason for me to believe that he that he won't. It's Geno versus Purdy. Really. Two guys that don't really have any playoff experience. One's a rookie. One's not. I mean, you could say that the edge goes to Geno in that one, but I think Purdy's weapons and the overall 49ers team is is way more well-rounded and, and just a more complete team than the Seahawks. So I think that goes in San Francisco's favor. And the fact that the San Francisco offense looks unstoppable over the last couple weeks. All right, they're just turning teams inside out on offense. And then their defense is the best in the NFL. They're fantastic. And they get a lot of takeaways, and I think that's going to benefit them down the stretch. I think that's a big key as to why the 49ers are such a good team. But I want to say this, and the one thing that I think could go the Seattle Seahawks way that I don't think anybody's talking about is the weather. It's supposed to be, there's supposed to be a ton of rain at Levi's Stadium during the game. It's supposed to be like a rainstorm or whatever. 
I really think for the Seahawks in a town like Seattle where they experience a lot of rain, I think that could benefit the Seahawks tremendously. We could very well see a very rainy game, and we could go out and we could see Brock Purdy struggle in the rain. And that wouldn't surprise me one bit if the Seahawks came and took advantage of that. But with that being said, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're the more complete team, and so I'll give them that benefit. I think I'll I'll go out and say San Francisco wins, but this game could be very, very close. Closer than anybody may expect, and I would not be surprised if the Seahawks came out and won. But I'm going to take the 49ers. So moving on to the next one, and I think I'm going to take a lot of flack for this one, but it's the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants. Vikings being the third seed, Giants being the sixth seed. This game's going to be played in Minnesota at U.S. Bank Stadium. They're giving the Vikings a 74% chance to win, Giants a 26% chance to win. These teams met in Week 16 in Minnesota, same stadium. Uh, Vikings won 27-24 off of a late field goal to win the game. My first question, and I, this is kind of a silly question, but... I think a lot of people, I think it's an under, I think there's an understanding as to why I would ask this question is, the game is, is a late afternoon game. How will this affect Kirk Cousins? And Kirk Cousins has become notorious for not being all that great when the game is not played at noon. This game is not being played at noon. How will this affect Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in this game? It's a silly question to ask, but really you got to think about it because his track record isn't that great. And so I think that might be something that goes against the Vikings in this game. It's certainly something to consider, isn't it? Minnesota plays a lot of close games. They've got a negative three-point differential, but you could the record and they win. They win close games. Uh, it's it's going to be tight. You can expect a tight game just based off of that. But onto the Giants, Brian Dable is the guy in New York. He's definitely the guy. He's just got that swagger about him. He's taken this team from being a bunch of nobodies to being a playoff team. You kidding me? Hats off to Brian Dable. I think he wins Coach of the Year. I mean, the Giants don't wow you. They're not a super flashy team, and they're not super overly fantastic or anything, but they just win. They don't wow you. They just win. And that's all you can ask out of a team. And I think with the Giants, they're irrelevant for a while, and then randomly they just go on these Super Bowl runs. Right? Like a wild card team, not even a division winning team, just goes on a random Super Bowl run. I think that's what we're seeing here. I think that's what we're witnessing right now. I'm going to take the Giants in this game. I'm going to take the Giants in this game. Minnesota has one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. I think if they can take advantage of that, the Giants, that is, if the Giants can take advantage of that, I think they win this game. Minnesota's rushing defense is pretty good, it's better. And I think if they can limit Saquon, that would be good for him. But if Daniel Jones can get the ball flying through the air, I like the Giants' chances. I'm going to take the Giants in this game. Give me the Giants. That's my upset of the entire round, Wild Card Weekend. Give me the Giants over the Vikings. In a close game, give me the Giants. And they almost beat them earlier in Week 16, like I mentioned before. They almost beat them. Give me the Giants. All right, last matchup we're going to talk about, and last one there is, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Buccaneers, NFC South winners, uh, the worst division in football. They win it, they get to host a playoff game, and in come the Dallas Cowboys, the fifth seed. So they're giving Tampa Bay a 35% chance to win, and Dallas a 65% chance to win. Although I think it's much closer than that. These teams met in week one uh, in Jerry World. 
Tampa Bay wins 19-3. And that was the game that after uh, after the game, Dak Prescott underwent his, his thumb surgery or whatever. He had, he had his injury. He leaves. Cooper Rush comes in, takes over. Cowboys looking great. They have a great season. And then the last couple of weeks, particularly against that game against the Titans and then the game against the Commanders, uh, the Dallas offense has seemed to stall. And they don't look that great. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been inconsistent, but the Cowboys did not look good over the last couple of weeks. And then you have to think about the Tom Brady factor. Does Tom Brady have one more run in him? Does he have it? Does old man Tom have another run in him? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that he's clutch in big games, and if the Cowboys are stalling and not playing their best football, he is going to take advantage of that. 100%. And I know he's going to have all his teammates, every single man on that Tampa Bay roster, he's going to have them ready to play. Because he's just that guy. He's Tom Brady. But I think it depends on if Dallas shows up. And what I, what I mean by that is, do the Cowboys come out and play their best football? Are the Cowboys sharp to start the game? If not, I think this game goes to Tampa Bay. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Dallas is the better team, but it's a question of if that team that we think the Cowboys are, that we know they are, the good version of the Cowboys that was that we saw for the, route, the course of much of the season. If that team shows up, Cowboys win. But if the team that we saw the last couple weeks shows up, give me the Bucks. And I think I, I think the trend favors the Bucks. I don't think the Cowboys have looked good. Give me Tampa Bay. So, where that leaves us with these predictions for me, it gives us Kansas City and the Chargers in the second round, Buffalo and Cincinnati, Philadelphia and the Giants, and San Francisco and Tampa Bay. Between Kansas City and the Chargers, I've got Kansas City winning going to the AFC Championship game. Between Buffalo and Cincinnati, that is a very tough one to predict as we did not get to see these two teams play. They were supposed to play, but that was the DeMar Hamlin game. A good on them for stopping the game and canceling it. But we have no idea what we're going to get with Buffalo and Cincinnati. Give me the Bills. I like the way that they've played all year, and they seem to have this team of destiny thing going around them. And I said that at the beginning of the season. Uh, after the coin flip thing from last year and the overtime game against Kansas City. But now with the DeMar Hamlin thing, I think they're going to go out and, and win this thing for DeMar. So give me the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Now on the NFC side, we got Philadelphia and the Giants. Do not underestimate the Giants. As I said, this could be a random Super Bowl appearance for the Giants. The Eagles, the Giants could catch them off guard, really. I think that's what's going to happen. Give me the Giants against the Eagles. It's such a hot take, and I know I'm going to get flack for it, but give me the Giants over the Eagles. We move to the San Francisco 49ers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round. Give me San Francisco, Tom Brady. Uh, the buck stops here. It's over. He goes to San Francisco, and the 49ers uh, take that one. I just like the way San Francisco is playing. Brock Purdy. If he wins that first wildcard game against Seattle, I think he's got enough swagger to take him uh, to, to new heights. So give me San Francisco and the Giants in the NFC Championship game. In that game, I think this is where we see the Giants stall. I think Brock Purdy and the 49ers, I think they take this one. San Francisco, you're going to Super Bowl 57. Who's your opponent? Well, you've got Kansas City and you've got Buffalo in the NFC Championship game. Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills. Game would be played in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, neutral site. I think the Bills are a better team than Kansas City. Give me the Bills. So now we get to Super Bowl 57, Buffalo and San Francisco. 
two great teams in their own right, but I think this is where we see Brock Purdy finally look mortal. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win Super Bowl 57 and bring that thing home for DeMar. That's my predictions for the playoffs. Uh, Thank you all for listening. As I mentioned before, this is my first episode on the podcast, so a little bit of a trial and error thing, but go, uh, go head over to my Instagram or to my Twitter and uh, tell me what you thought about the podcast and give me some suggestions. And if you'd like a topic that you want me to talk about on the podcast, go ahead and give me a topic. I'm going to try and make this a weekly thing. I'm going to try and have these come out weekly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what uh, what the future may bring. So again, thank you all for listening, and I will see you on the next one. Have a good one.